On January 1st, Taiwan opened up to imports of American pork containing the leanness-enhancing additive ractopamine. Already, this is having a disruptive effect on the pork market. The price of local pork has shot up by 17 percent compared with the same period last year. Many local vendors are afraid that prices are going to soar even higher in the days leading up to the Lunar New Year. They have called on the government to regulate prices. Fat and tender pork belly is dexterously sliced, wrapped up and given to a customer. Displayed above the stall is a logo that says the vendor sells Taiwan pork. However, if you're thinking of buying some, you'll probably have to fork out more money. Everyone is saying they do not want to buy pork containing ractopamine. So vendors are increasing the price of Taiwan-produced pork. If the price increases, you'll end up spending more money. I can only guess at what the public are probably thinking. I don't know if they may end up buying less of it. Pork belly and short ribs are a bit more expensive. Pork imports containing ractopamine may have been allowed into Taiwan on January 1st, but it seems they have still not reached consumers' tables. Meanwhile, this has already had a disruptive effect on the wholesale price of local pork. According to data on livestock trading, the wholesale price of a kilogram of local pork has reached 77.3 NT dollars, a rise of 17%, compared with last year's 66.3. Imported products are not very useful, so generally we use Taiwanese pork. It must have increased by 7 or 8 NT dollars a kilo. Still, the domestic pork market has taken a hit. Let's take a look at butchers who sell imported meat. The counters are laid out with pork that is labelled with its country of origin. Regardless of whether it is Taiwan-produced pork, Spanish pork or Australian pork, the public can see clearly at a glance. When it comes to this, we actually have not been too affected. Whether it is Taiwan-produced pork or imported pork that has been through quarantine, we have the relevant information attached that proves its origin. In addition, there are fears that during the Lunar New Year period, increases in pork prices may trigger commodity price fluctuations. Pork vendors are calling on the government to regulate the situation, as they are afraid they may have fewer customers. While the Lunar New Year is upon us, even if you're not banned from restaurants over the holiday, you might have to contend with some new rules. Many restaurants are stepping up their COVID measures as the pandemic worsens overseas. One hotel group has launched real-time registration at all its restaurants. To enable contact tracing, it's now keeping records of where each diner sits. At its buffet restaurants, plastic dividers are in place at tables and food tongs are replaced every 15 minutes. Diners are also required to wear masks when getting food. With these extra precautions in place, the hotel group hopes to reduce safety risks and put diners' hearts at ease. What do you do when life deals you a bad hand? For people who have been homeless, regaining self-confidence can be crucial to finding their way back to society. An art studio in Taipei helps people down on their luck by being a safe space where they can express themselves on canvas. Today in our Sunday special report, we take you into this special studio to meet people who are slowly rebuilding their confidence and their lives through the power of art. 
Taipei's Wanhua District, historically known as Monga, was one of the earliest settlements in Taiwan, along with Tainan and Lugang. The streets here still retain many elements of the past. According to Taipei's Department of Social Welfare, in the second quarter of 2020, there were 650 homeless people registered in Taipei. One-third of them live in Wanhua. The district is also home to almost 500 low- and medium-low-income households, the most of any Taipei district. Many of them live in the shadows of society, and it's hard to find a way out. In this cozy attic, several wooden chairs and desks are laid out with sheets of sketch paper. It looks like a regular art studio. But the people that come here to draw pictures aren't your typical artists. The two men here today were once homeless. Now that they've left behind their days on the streets, the artists at this studio tell their life stories through art. When I come here to draw, I think, hey, this is not bad at all. Drawing is a way for me to share my stories. This other artist used to resort to drinking to get through the day. Now, his hands no longer hold bottles of alcohol, but crayons with which he depicts his life in full color. I've been through so many things. I was homeless for around two-thirds of my life. This art studio was put together by the Taiwan Dream City Building Association. Its goal is to bring together people who've suffered defeats and setbacks in life and give them the courage to stand up once again. Here at the studio, nobody needs to conceal their struggles, and there is no need to worry about getting brushed aside or being overlooked. Here, the artists form close bonds through their shared struggles. There was a time where I felt like an empty shell, like a ghost. Because after my mother passed away, I told myself I'd sit the exam to become a public servant. So I went to the library every day and took part-time jobs. But when I was at the library, all I'd do was watch TV shows. I didn't know what I was striving for. For many of those who meet in the studio, it's the first time realizing that they are not alone. For these fledgling artists, the Taiwan Dream City Building Association offers a spark of hope in their lives. The man dressed in a carefree style with ripped jeans is Fei Tsai. He turned 62 this year and used to be the head of a civil engineering company. His career and his family were two sources of pride for him. But one day, his dream life came to an abrupt end. When I was almost 50 years old, a friend of mine bankrupted me. I lost 10 or 20 million in T more or less. What could I do then? I sold all my property and belongings to get some money. Just as his work life began going south, his wife left him to start a new family, and his son left to never come back. Feizai looked for a new job where he could put his skills to use, but was ultimately unable to find a new direction in life. In the end, he came to a crossroads, and he began a life on the streets. I used to be like these people here, sitting around with nothing to do. 
If there was someone to keep me company, we'd drink. If not, I'd wander about and take a walk. I had no will to fight. It was very rough. He lived like this for four years until all his belongings were taken away. Finding himself in a tight spot, he decided to seek help from social workers and gradually reconnected with society. During this process, he happened to bump into the Taiwan Dream City Building Association, which was still in its early days. The association provided him with a safe space. My goal now is to work toward my aspirations like carpentry, drawing, giving tours. I'm learning all of that. Before, I couldn't think about such things. The difference is that now I have this place. It's a big change from having no purpose in life to finding a calling. From living on the fringe, these artists are finding their way back into mainstream society. This fall, their works were displayed in an exhibition that told the story of their ups and downs in life. In our drawing studio, our overarching theme is drawing strength from defeat. We hope that everyone will be able to relate to some of the emotional lows or other experiences that are depicted. The main thing we want everyone to reflect upon is the sentence you see when you come in. If one day you were left with nothing but despair, what would you do? The exhibition has little in the way of fancy calligraphy or impressionist art. Instead, it gives an unvarnished look into the lives of 14 people who were once homeless. Through artworks, they recount their struggles and successes in life. Some people might not think that telling one's life story is a difficult task. But if you felt the world had turned its back on you, it would take courage to be vulnerable and share your pain. They need a sort of courage. They need to feel that they're sufficiently sorted out before they're able to approach people and trust social workers. That kind of companionship, emotional companionship and psychological support, I think that's what they lack the most. Without a nudge in the right direction and psychological support, reintegration into society is practically impossible. The Taiwan Dream City Building Association plays the role of an emotional counselor, helping people regain their footing step by step. Over time, the artists learn to trust, and they find that drawing can heal their wounds. But even as the studio provides them with steady support, it juggles concerns of its own. Running this drawing studio has its costs. If the public didn't think it was worthwhile, and if the government didn't give us subsidies, it would be extremely difficult to keep going. The most practical way to support us is through small donations. We hope that if everyone comes together, we can keep this studio open. The studio isn't run on donations alone. The artists at the studio roll up their sleeves to do their part. These wood pallets were all going to be thrown away. They're actually a sort of single-use disposable material. We all get together and try to repurpose them. 
These wooden pallets are a bit like life. With some effort, and through vigorous sawing and hammering here and there, they too can get a second chance. It's Philosophy 101 right here in the carpentry class. Sometimes I think, when I'm facing hardships, how can I overcome them? And when I'm happy, but I see other people suffering, I will try to think about their suffering and what it is like. For example, from a thousand NT wooden chest, 500 NT go back to them. The things we make in the carpentry class are sold, and the profit is put toward a common fund. Often, we'll use that money to organize small trips twice a year and have a fun trip together. The drawing studio, the exhibition, the woodworking class, and the twice-yearly field trips all help these formerly homeless people feel that they're once again part of a family. With the help of friends and through his own effort, Feizai made a home for himself. His room measures only two pings, but it keeps the rain off his back. No longer sleeping rough, he has a space of his own to read or simply take a break, one of life's simple pleasures. Feizai says that life is like drawing. No matter the color, every stroke leaves a mark. Now I want to get back in touch with my son. I haven't been able to find him yet. That is my biggest regret in life. Well, the coldest temperature so far this winter for non-mountainous regions was recorded Sunday morning in Miaoli's Gongguan Township, just 3.4 degrees. But a sunny Sunday allowed folks to enjoy the outdoors. At the Taipei Zoo, throngs of visitors descended on the Panda Pavilion, hoping to catch a glimpse of the giant panda cub Yuanbao. On Monday, another cold front will arrive, giving snow chasers another chance to fulfill their wishes. From the second half of Monday all the way to the first half of Tuesday, there will be a chance of snow on mountains with an altitude from 1,500 to 2,000 metres. As for central and southern regions, due to a lack of moisture, you'll have to go above 3,000 metres to have a chance to encounter snow if you're lucky. The windward side of northern Taiwan will see temperatures between 6 and 16 degrees. Temperatures in eastern regions will be between 8 and 18 degrees. Both regions may get heavy rains in parts. Lows in central and southern regions will dip below 10 degrees. On Thursday, the mercury will begin to rise, surpassing 20 degrees in northern Taiwan and hitting 27 degrees in southern Taiwan.